0: Download the Move app and log in with your Mamma Mia login. Head to move.mamma mia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription.
1: You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And Chelsea, did I see some squealing from you before? Some joy, (laughs) some unbridled passion while you were looking at your phone? What were you looking at? Yeah,
0: literally, as we were just about to walk into the studio, I checked Instagram, found out that my local pub is hosting a comedy night with one Rove McManus.
1: I just find it so funny (laughs) how, like, we come into contact with some pretty high-profile celebrities, some pretty big Mm -hmm. deals, and I've never seen you lose your shit over anyone like I've seen you with Rove.
0: I just really love Rove. (laughs) So (laughs) do I. That's like
1: like very much our age group of like, because you are in high school when Rove Live was on, yeah? Yeah. It was like the coolest show.
0: It would always air on a Friday night in New Zealand, and my entire family would sit down and watch Rove, and that's how I know like Carrie Bickmore and Dave Hughes and stuff. Like I know them from Rove. And I don't know, something just really wholesome about him. And he always says, like, say hi to your mum for me. And so when I saw him, I was like, well, I'm going to show my (laughs) mum.
1: No, you did show your mum because just in case anyone's doubting Chelsea's fandom here, was it the Little Mermaid premiere? Melissa McCarthy is sitting like two rows in front of us and she was on stage, Hallie Bailey was there, plus a whole bunch of other like big Australian celebrities. And Chelsea's looking around, she's not caring, she's eating a little sushi gift (laughs) platter thing that they gave her and all of a sudden she loses her mind, she's standing up you were, like, taking videos and recording and sending it to your mum. Subtly, Well, not subtle. Well, I tried to be <laughs> subtle. But I noticed it. It was because you'd look straight past Melissa McCarthy and you'd found Rove <laughs> and you were sending photos to your mum and she was losing her shit too.
0: Look, in my mind, Rove is, like, A+++. plus. She's, like,
1: <laughs> one of the most famous people. And also, you saw him Mission Impossible. Why do I know all your Rove signings? Yeah,
0: and also Tom Cruise was there, but I was like, hey, Tom. You, like, like, pushed Rove! Tom Cruise oh out God. of the way
1: to get to Rove.
0: Also Robert Irwin. Out of all the celebrities yeah, there. Like, Oh my God, they're so famous. Well, I'm
1: glad that this job is giving you the perks you wanted, (laughs) which is to get close to Rove and Robert Irwin. Mm -hmm. Anyway, coming up on the show today. Speaking of famous people. (laughs) Speaking of famous people, as we often do on this show, (laughs) there's some big rumours in the works this week, but they seem to have a bit of fact behind them potentially. Maybe we'll fight about that later. And (laughs) that is Olivia Rodrigo is about to release her second album. And fans are pretty sure that there's some lyrics on the album that highlight her feud with Taylor Swift. Now, there is a problem with Taylor Swift, but it's not what people think. So, we're going to get into that. Is Olivia Rodrigo the new Taylor Swift? I'm absolutely not the new Taylor Swift because there will never be another Taylor Swift, nor has there ever been anyone as good as Taylor Swift. She is the greatest of all time. No one will ever be Taylor Swift ever. Okay, so one Olivia Rodrigo is about to release her second album called Guts. And the lead single from the album has already been released. It's a song called Vampire. Absolute banger. If I do say so myself, and you know I'm not usually up with the pop tunes <laughs> that the kids are listening I'm to. I'm glad you've heard it at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the number one song that's playing at the moment. But there's been a lot of speculation and controversy around who these particular lyrics relate to. And a lot of people have linked them to Taylor Swift. You suck your like sucker, fame fucker, bleeding me dry like a goddamn vampire. So what she says there, and God, this is great. You know how much I love vampires. This is like my two interests coinciding together. She calls out a fame fucker and then says, you're bleeding me dry like a goddamn vampire. So people think that this is in relation to Taylor Swift and the two of them had a mentor-mentee relationship. Taylor was really supportive of Olivia when she was starting out and doing her first concerts and her first album, but they think the relationship has really soured since then. And what's giving like maybe a little bit of credence to these rumours, is because Olivia's doing press for her new album. She's doing a lot of interviews. And of course, the interviewers are all asking her about Taylor Swift, because out of all of this, that's obviously the clicky headline. And if anyone gets an answer to that, it's what they know fans want to know about. So she was asked if she was going to the Eros tour. And instead of saying something like, oh, I'd love to, or, you know, it would be amazing. She just said, no, I'm going to be in Europe. Mm. Which people were like, that was your chance to downplay the rumours and not lean into them. And then recently she did an interview with The Guardian where they flat out asked her, is this about Taylor Swift pretty much? Like, is this lyric about Taylor Swift? And she apparently said, how do I answer this? And I was like, I don't know, it feels like a yes or no. It's a closed (laughs) question. And then she went on to say, I never want to say who any of my songs are about. I've never done that before in my career and I probably won't. I think it's better not to pigeonhole a song to being about one thing. And then on the Taylor Swift rumours, she said, I was surprised that people thought that. Your tone seems very pointed right now. I
0: think that prior to this Guardian interview, that was a very niche thing that you had like a dark corner of the internet discussing. That's that's
1: where your people hang out and talk about this stuff. it
0: wasn't a mainstream theory. Yeah. Like it really wasn't. And then the Guardian have you know, blown it up into this big thing where now people are dissecting it. The song is not about Taylor. If it was, calling her a fame fucker is (laughs) not great given that entire sort If anyone,
1: she's the famous one out of all those relationships she's in.
0: Exactly. And it's very clearly about like an age gap relationship that Olivia Rodrigo had. She's 19. I think she was dating some guy in his 20s. The whole thing about the vampire is because he was like a club promoter, came out at night. I love that. (laughs) I know. It's kind of on the nose, but I like it. I mean, people are just looking for drama because it's an interesting story.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the two men that it's been linked to, one is called Adam Faze, who's a music producer. So she dated him when she was 18. And then the other is DJ Zach Beer, who she dated when she was 19. And in the songs on Guts, she talks about writing them during her 19th year, which means that she was writing with the people she was dating when she was 19, mm-hmm. who were dating these men who were 24 and 26 at the time. So it does seem like it's alluding to them.
0: It definitely is. But I don't actually like begrudge her for not saying it outright. That is ironically, like, straight out of the Taylor playbook. Like, Taylor, when she was the same age, sort of 18, she name-dropped that a song was about Joe Jonas. She said it on Ellen. There are a couple people that uh, they're about, actually. Like, maybe that guy? There's one that's about that guy. But uh-huh. that, that guy's not in my life anymore, unfortunately. And then that just became, like, the story and yeah. created the monster that we know today of, like, dissection of her songs, right? And since then, she's never really come out and said, this song is about this man, even if the song is called, like, Dear John. She's like, oh, I can't say for sure who that's about. And we're like, "Mm, we know. So, like, you can't get mad at Olivia for being like, I'm not going to say, because then it creates a precedent.
1: Yeah, I understand that. I understand her definitely not naming specific men or even saying it is about an ex-boyfriend. But I do think that if she really wanted to shut these rumours down specifically about her and Taylor Swift, she could do that. Because of that question, she could have said like, Oh, no, I'm not getting into who the song's about. It's not about Taylor Swift. It's just about my own experiences from when I was 19, like I said, which would have not completely killed the rumor, but then all the headlines would have been Olivia Rodrigo denies Taylor Swift feud. Whereas now all the headlines are more leaning into the fact that it's true. And as we know, there's nothing people loved more than two famous young, beautiful women fighting. So now they've given tabloids and TikTok and the media kind of exactly what they want. It's the perfect story.
0: It is. And no one can deny that like a up and coming pop star and like the most dominant pop star for the last decade or so feuding is like a great story. It's like fan fiction.
1: Exactly. This is like the fans of both of them. This would be their fan fiction. Mm-hmm. This is like their Super Bowl of celebrities fighting. Well, after the break, we are going to get into some details that have happened between Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo that might be the cause of the drama, but there's no fame fucking in here.
0: So So the crux of where this feud discussion even came from, I don't want to downsell it, but it's like a very boring music business thing. It's not like big scandalous, salacious details. You know, they're not fighting over a man or, you know, anything that the tabloids would really, really lead into. It's kind of a fight over credits and co-writing. Oh, God, I'm bored already. And it's very convoluted in a music industry way. So it sort of goes back to 2021. So that was when Olivia was, you know, up and coming. She released Driver's
1: License. That
0: was like the biggest song in the world. Then she had other singles, Good For You and Deja Vu. And at the time that they were released, people started to notice that they... Reminded them of other songs. So Good For You was compared to Misery Business by Paramore. And then Deja Vu, Olivia herself actually said that the bridge of the song, which is like a little bit shouty, yelly, she kind of yells, was inspired by Cruel Summer, which Taylor wrote, and also has a shouty bridge. That's where she got that kind of idea. So they are pretty tenuous links like vibes are not really worthy of credits like in my opinion and I think most people would say right like you know pop can't music. credit a vibe that's yeah. everything but the thing is you kind of can credit a vibe now because there was this precedent-setting blurred lines lawsuit where the oh,
1: yes, yes yeah
0: where the estate of Marvin Gaye successfully sued Robin Thicke over the song Blurred Lines because they claimed that the feel and the sound of the song were similar to the Marvin Gaye song Got To Give It Up. And that really convoluted music crediting because it created a landscape where everyone was like, oh, suddenly, like, if there's any sort of vibe is such a, like, what does that even mean, you know? Oh, my God, what is that? People can argue it however they want. And so it created this crediting system where everyone was like, really tiptoeing in order to not get sued and this sort of came to a head in 2021 with those two songs so you had Josh Farrow who was a former Paramore member and then Paramore's publisher Warner Chappell they pushed for credits on Good For You Hayley Williams frontwoman of Paramore you know she said she wasn't aware Taylor hasn't said anything about the déjà vu crediting, but Jack Antonoff, he's a co-writer on *Cruel Summer*. Same with Annie Clark, who performs under Saint Vincent. So Jack Antonoff, in an interview previously, said that he had never met Olivia, he would never been in the same room as her. But on getting those credits, which were put on retrospectively, the song was released, and then afterwards, the credits were put on after people were noticing similarities. So it was a little strange in that sense. So he said in an interview. It came through the channels that the bit of deja vu was inspired by that bridge and we were going to be credited. And I thought that was really cool. So that quote seems to me that Jack didn't know that that credit was coming. Yeah. And given how close Jack and Taylor are, I don't imagine that she or any Clark, for that matter, knew that this was coming. So publishers are sort of their own company, sometimes they're within labels, sometimes they're separate, and basically they're in charge of managing copyrights, of promoting catalogs, of licensing, and that sort of thing. We don't yeah. actually know where the push for the credits came from, but that is convoluted and kind of boring and like all legal and weird. So people are like, well, Taylor Swift must have been wanting these... Fifty percent credits on this upcoming yeah, song. Yeah, she's going to
1: take down this young Disney star on her first album, and that feels like the headlines that would be around. Yeah, that.
0: and what I think is interesting is in the Guardian interview, Olivia talks about around that time feeling like she was really green as to how the music industry works and like the litigious side. So, and I mean this with no judgment, saying that the song was inspired by "Cruel Summer,"
1: but I wanted like the last bridge to kind of like go crazy, and I love Curl Summer, it's one of my favorite songs ever. Like the harmonized yells that she does, I feel like they're like super electric and like moving, and so I wanted to do something like that. Saying that
0: publicly then opened that up for that credit.
1: Right. So if she hadn't brought it up in the first place, people could have, I guess, thought maybe th- that, mm. but that would be very hard to link those two songs specifically together. But I guess once she goes on the record saying that, then they have a leg to stand on when yeah. it comes to chasing those credits.
0: And then you have a situation where Haley Williams didn't necessarily want the credit, but you can't then say in a legal sense, oh, don't worry about it, because then 10 years down the line, if someone else rips off your song... They can argue like, well, you can't come after us because you didn't come after her then. Right. It's right. a very complicated yeah. like legal system. They can't have all of that in a headline. And so it just comes down to feud. That would be as an up and coming artist pretty disappointing yeah. like that must suck to have 50% of your royalties for two of your biggest songs go to someone else and go to people that you really admired and so I don't think it's necessarily that like there's bad blood in the sense that you have these artists like budding heads and yeah. having these big personal issues it doesn't issues. feel as
1: like personal as when say like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry were yeah. fighting this kind of seems like it's more between their camps and their like business managers mm. what will be interesting is when Olivia's new album does come out whether Taylor would like post about it or mention that because she is no one I mean she's your person you know better than me (laughs) but she's known for being like quite supportive especially like young female musicians will that be the tell? Maybe Tell's got a lot going on right now so I would be I I think it would be understandable if she didn't post about it Ironically
0: she posted a Griff song today which is another upcoming UK artist I don't think that we're gonna get anything from Taylor on this, I think it's one of those things that's so bogged down in the details and anything she says is just going to blow up into like a feud headline because that's where the discourse and the narrative is right now. And like, I get it because that's exciting yeah but yeah maybe i think the truth is just a little bit more you know men in suits
1: well thank you so much for listening to the spill today and if you're feuding with a friend why not <laughs> <laughs> like you and i yes like you and i always are why not send them this app as like a bit of a subtle dig or an or just, yeah and just say have a think about your actions or just say here's a fun daily pop culture podcast i listen to <laughs> it's called the spill why don't you listen as well that would be so great this episode, of The Spill, was produced by Taylor Strano with audio production by Scott Stronick. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and over on The Spill Instagram. Bye. Bye.